The Women in Agile podcast series amplifies the voices of outstanding women in the Agile community. We are dedicated to sharing the wisdom and inspiration our community has to offer by telling our stories, being thought leaders, and having open conversations with our allies. This series is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile organization and Accenture Solutions IQ. Hey everyone, Natalie Warner here, the President and Executive Director of Women in Agile Org. I wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. We're thrilled to have this as a platform to showcase the wisdom of our community. We'd love to get your help to amplify the reach of the series by asking you to go over to iTunes in order to rate and review us. After you're done, take a screenshot of your rating and review. Then post a screenshot to Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn and tag hashtag Women in Agile. If you do this, we'll not only reshare your post, but also add you to a monthly drawing to receive a Women in Agile goodie bag filled with WIA stickers and other treats. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I'm your host, Leslie Morse, and today we're chatting with Yvonne Marcus. Yvonne is a dedicated, experienced, and results-driven work-at-home product manager and scrum master. Her passion centers around bringing agile values and principles into home and family life. Yvonne, thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I um it just the energy as you and I were prepping for today's episode. It's 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 fun, it's energetic, there's a lightness to it. Um and it's also really like dense with like kind of some rich practical sort of insights, I think. So I'm really excited for what we're going to get to get to share with our listeners today. I am so excited to share this because I find that um it's just something people don't think about when they start thinking about home management is how to make it easier uh, in small everyday ways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And when we think about like the highest performing, you know, product development, agile and scrum teams, it is about those little everyday habits and practices that are really the key to their ability to have high performance. But before we dig into all of that, like tell us just a little bit of the story about how you found agile in the first place and what really made you passionate about starting to use this at home. So I always like to laugh a little bit because I married a software engineer who did not come home and say, hey, you know, there's this thing I use at work. It's called Agile and we should bring it home. Um, that would have been magical, I'm sure. But <laughs> what happened was I happened upon a TED Talk. Uh, Bruce Feiler has a TED Talk about um, his, it came from his book, Happier Families, The Secret to Happier Families, uh, where like the first chapter really focuses on using Scrum. And I thought, okay, well, this sounds interesting. So then I went down a rabbit hole and spent hours on Google looking to see what exactly Agile was and how it worked and then what Scrum was and Kanban. And I came down to my husband like my mind was going to explode. And I said, what do you know about Agile? And he said, "Um, I use it at work. And I was like, oh, well, I think we should use it at home. And I, and here's why. It's going to make us happier. It's going to make us more productive. We're going to spend less money. And, um, and I'll be less stressed out. And he said, um, okay, maybe I, I, you know, there's these things. And he pointed out a couple of things that he didn't like about it at work. And I was like, well, let's just try it for a month and see what happens. <laughs> And and how long ago was that one month experiment? Uh, that was like two years ago. Awesome, that's great. 
That is so cool. So what was, talk about that first month. What was that first month like? So the first month we were really solving what I felt like were really big problems. Um, And when you look back at them, they were really big problems, but the solutions were kind of simple. Uh, For instance, one of the first things that we had was my daughter was an infant and um, I was, I liked to cook and I wanted to cook dinner. So I would always start trying to cook dinner and my daughter would start screaming for food. So then I would be in the middle, like food would literally be on the stove cooking and I would have to stop, go start breastfeeding her and yell for my husband to come downstairs to finish what I was cooking. Now, in this instance, he has no clue what the recipe is. He has no clue where I'm at in the recipe once he gets to looking at it. And he's very confused. It's not a great situation for him. It's not a great situation for me. And we were like, how do we solve this problem? Um, Now, our first iteration was that he would just cook dinner. I didn't like that so much because I actually do like to be in my kitchen and like to do those things. And I feel like if if you like to do something, it's important that you be able to participate in it. Absolutely. Uh, and so we had to decide how we were going to then iterate a second time. Uh, and that's when we decided that I would prep the meal. Like I would plan the menu and then I would prep the meal during nap time. And then he could come down after his workday was over and just pull it all together. Which worked out nicely because then I did get to do sort of the relaxing parts and I didn't have the stress of, oh, now she's ready to eat. Yeah, yeah. What other sorts of aspects of home life were some of the early things that you iterated on? Um, the car keys. How many times have you like tried to walk out the door and you can't find your car keys? Mm. Uh, a yep. bazillion if you're me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, so we came up with solution of like putting them in a bowl in the same place every single day. Um, That did not work for me. Um, I would just forget to put them there or I would put them there, but still not know where they were. Uh, We attached a tile so that I could, um, tile is a a technical thing that just attaches to your keys. It's like a square and you can use an app on your phone to then call your keys. Yeah. Um, And I would go and um, find it via the song, but it still was taking too long because we weren't getting out of the house on time or we were just cutting it too close for my liking. Uh, So finally, we iterated by putting magnets on the wall beside the door so that when you came in, you could just attach your keys to the magnet. And then when you left, you could just take your keys away from the magnet Um, because the garage was on the opposite end of the house of like the kitchen, but it was closer to the bedroom. And it it was just, you were never in the place that you needed to be with the bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I think, th- I mean, those are two such small, simple, practical ways like that you're illustrating, like we're inspecting and adapting, like what's working, what's not working. Let's try something else. And and I listened to you tell these stories, Yvonne, and I get a sense of like no judgment. Yeah. There was like, we're in none. this together. Yeah. Say more about that. And sort of the reason that we started doing it was because I was so stressed out uh, because I felt like everything was supposed to be my responsibility. And I feel like that just comes from society as a whole deciding that we have to be responsible as moms for all the kids stuff, all of the adult stuff as far as managing schedules and knowing who has to be where, when and menu planning and just all of that. And 
I really just said, I have to stop this. Yeah. And the only way for me to stop this is to let go of it myself because my husband never had any of these preconceived notions. He was like, why are you so stressed out? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you don't feel it because it's not the same when you go out as it is when I go out um, for one. And for two, his family was always like his dad cooked dinner, his mom, you know, like did the dishes or, you know, however it was, but it wasn't in the same like traditional role that I had, you know, sort of grown up seeing a lot more. And I was just like, this has got to stop because I can't raise children where we live in a society where it's like all my responsibility and I'm stressed out all the time and I'm not nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that. And I, it, this has sort of been a perfect segue to like the two main things we really wanted to explore today, which I love it, right? It's one of those is like how moms avoid hashtag all the things, which um, I, I, I love that, right? All the things is a, a phrase that I use a lot, but putting it in this context, I think is super important, as well as um, really more skillfully navigating the idea of self-care, and so the, those two, right, avoiding hashtag all the things and really maximizing self-care are two of the real benefits that you've seen from this transformation within your family over the past two years. So let's let's start with the all the things piece of it, right? What are some of those kind of tips, tricks, advice, stories that you want to tell around that piece of your journey? So one of the biggest things that comes from hashtag all the things and women having to do hashtag all the things is we don't communicate what those things are. Transparency, which yes. we know is one of the underlying things around agile values, scrum values that is so important. And I found that the easiest way to get started with being a little bit more transparent was just by doing our daily standup, by just standing up across from each other at the counter every morning, looking at our DAC board and saying, hey, this is what meetings I have. This is what time the kids have to be at X, Y, or Z place. Um, and this is what I need to do today to keep my own sanity. And this is what's on the menu plan for tonight. Um, because then it became a little bit more apparent exactly what was on the schedule to the person who wasn't used to handling it all. Um, and it's not really that they don't want to handle it all. I can tell you that most dads out there I know these days actually want to be super active and participating, but because they've been sort of excluded, they don't even know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. When there's, it's, uh, you know, it's creating co-responsibility, which is so important within agile teams. Um, and so what was that transition like? At first, it was hard. I, I'm not even going to lie. Because for me, we've already internalized all of these expectations and anxieties and fears. Um, so when you start trying to offload some of that or delegate or even, you know, start the process to self-assigning, uh, it becomes like terrifying because you are actually removing your hands from things that you are used to doing. Um, and, you know, it becomes a process of, okay, it didn't work this week because I really stood in my own way. And you have to, you have to start evaluating some really tough conversations about why you feel that that's your responsibility versus someone else's. 
Yeah. And then I think your relationship to um, what needs to get done might be different than how it gets done. Yes. A lot of times accomplishing the same result, but using a different process or method can feel like they're not accomplishing the result when in reality they are, if you can just kind of get over whatever that is inside of you. Exactly. And that's, uh, there are two areas where I noticed that that is most common, the dishwasher and the laundry. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, just let your kids do the laundry. Like, seriously, it'll be okay. Like what happens if they dye their white shirt pink? Nothing. (laughs) It's not a massive catastrophe. It just seems like a big deal because you feel like you either didn't teach them properly uh, or you feel like you should have done it because then it wouldn't have happened. But that's your own self. Yeah. And what a great learning moment for them. Exactly. And I even talk about the fact that, you know, we do self-assigning tasks even with the kids. Like they get to choose what it is that they want to do as far as household tasks are concerned. If they don't want to do the laundry, that's fine. As adults, we do not have to do every single thing in our house. We don't. (laughs) There are things that like cleaning. Sometimes we hire a cleaning crew to come in or, um, you know, we might hire groceries to be delivered via Instacart. Like they're just things that we don't have to do and teaching them as a young age that they have to do all of those things is not going to work. But at the same time, yes, should they have a basic understanding of how to do those things? Sure. Um, But I always like to say that there are different ways to teach that. There's by doing, there's by seeing, and then there's by instructions. Like when you buy something from Ikea, you're just getting pictorial instructions on how to do something. And you can do that with laundry. You can just put some instructions there on the door that say, this is how much detergent you're going to put in. And they will figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And there's, there's, I'm starting to think about that, that joy of, right, when you're working with a product development team and the features working and we move that card to done on the wall. And the joy that you get to see on your family's face is they get that sort of like, the, the, the product of your family, uh-huh. um, moving things to done. So how does that show up for you all? Uh, so every morning my kids have their own scrum board. It's a visual schedule is what your occupational therapist would call it, uh, where they have all of the things that they need to do to get ready to go out the door in the morning. Uh, I don't fight with them anymore about getting ready because they just go to their board, they see what's on it, and they move that stuff. I don't worry about what order they get it done um, for the most part. Like, obviously, like we're not taking a bath after we've gotten in our pajamas. But uh, for the most part, like anything is however they want to do it. It just all has to get done before we are going to leave the house in the morning or before we're going to go get in bed. And then we're fine. Like, I don't have to stress out about it. And then if they're asking me what needs to be done, I'm just like, oh, well, look at your board. And then the instructions aren't coming from mom or dad, which is always helpful because (laughs) instructions coming from someone, not you, uh, are always taken better uh, and done more quickly. Uh, The same thing works with the timer. Like, I'm going to set a timer for five minutes. At five minutes, you're done. Okay, the timer is now the boss. And so they somehow feel like that's better. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get that. And then everybody's probably just more involved in everything. So that idea of kind of everybody 
having that, I'll use that idea of co-responsibility again, um, around projects and tasks and all of that, what shifted in the family dynamic? Well, a lot, because when we sat down for our weekly or biweekly, that's such a garbage word, but, but like, is, it, is that every two weeks or twice a week? <laughs> yeah. Our every two week meeting where we sit down and we talk about, um, you know, what we needs, what needs to be done, then everyone gets to have a say. And when everyone gets to have a say, they feel more ownership over the things that they put on the list. Um, and some of the issues that we're solving as a family are like behavioral issues, uh, such as, you know, um, yeah, you're hitting a lot this week. Like, what do you think that we should do if you hit somebody? Like, what is the consequence for that? And when the kid gets to pick their own consequence, like they'll even hold themselves responsible. Yeah. The other thing you will find is that they are little dictators and they go as like, like they go to the worst possible thing that could happen to them, uh, such as take away all my screen time from now until forever in perpetuity. <laughs> um, and, and you're like, okay, let's reel it back a little bit. Yep. But that's a, a, an appointment for you all to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens when you have your retrospective, because now you're talking about how it works or how it didn't work. And you're going to get feedback from your kids that's going to be a little uncomfortable sometimes because they're going to be like, well, I didn't like when you did this thing. And um, and then you learn that how their brains work or what they need or what actually is going to solve this behavioral or educational problem. Yeah, I'm really curious about this retrospective piece and how you and your husband model the vulnerability for talking about things that didn't go well in very like helpful and open ways. And cause I imagine that can get pretty tricky pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, and for us, it's like, we just sit down and we just talk about what didn't go well as in, um, you know, like it didn't work for me that I wasn't cooking dinner because I felt like I wasn't participating in an event, in a thing that I really like to do. And also I sort of felt this external societal pressure that I was supposed to be responsible for that. Like and then, this was mom's job. Yeah. And just right there, I notice such use of the I statements. It's not mm-hmm. you did this, you did that. It's what was my experience and making it about me and not what others did. Yeah. One of the things we always like to tell the kids is no one can make you feel a certain way. Like those are your feelings that you have. Yes. A person's actions happen, but how you feel about them is you're in control of that. Um, And if it makes you mad, then you can say, I am, you know, I'm feeling mad because of X, Y, or Z, but I feel this way because this happened. Whereas instead of saying, you hit you me made, and you made me mad. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you take ownership of, of your part of the process. Uh, but you also can have a conversation where you're getting feedback from the other person as to like why they felt a certain way before they completed that action. And then you're able to really bring it together to solve the problem. Because if you don't have an open flow of communication between two people, nothing ever gets solved. Amen. 100% agree. 100% agree. And I think that's a, that's a great segue into that second topic that we were planning to discuss today, which is really around the idea of self-care and how you as a 
like, you know, a woman that works from home, that has kids, that felt responsibility for hashtag all the things, um, how this introduction, you kind of primed a little bit of it a minute ago, but how this transitions really helped you take better care of you. Yeah. So for me, I realized that self-care wasn't the answer. And the reason I say that is because I would go and take a bath and I would just be stressed out the whole time I was in the bath. Or I would be thinking about the thing that I had to do after I got out of the bath. Or I would think that my husband somehow wasn't completing the tasks that he needed to do while I was in the bath. He's he's a plenty capable human being. I would not have married him if he wasn't. And I can trust him. And I know that like he is responsible. Uh, but these societal expectations play into that just as much as anything else. So I found that the answer was not to say, oh, I'm going to go take some time to myself. It was I had to solve the problem and take some time to myself. So, you know, there was a lot of pushback in the beginning for me about the fact that, you know, I wanted to do the things and I felt responsible. And so what I tried to do now is to sit in our daily standup and say, um, you know, this is what's on the schedule today. And I need an hour to myself at some point to go and do, um, read a book, uh, crochet, um, you know, and deal with all of those things. And what part of our day can we make that happen? Because if you don't set a time for it and communicate the expectation that you need it, what will happen is that it won't happen because you'll find a million reasons to put it off. Yeah, yeah. And then you're even more stressed out because you aren't taking that time. But if you don't solve the original problem, it's not useful, productive time. Right. As well as you're just, you're really setting yourself up for disappointment and missed expectations. Cause you're like, you've got this like, oh, I'd really love to go crochet for an hour, you know, on the patio in the sun with a glass of rosé or whatever it might be. But if that's an unstated like expectation to design with the family about like, well, when can we make this happen for me? Then you're just going to kind of be disappointed. Yeah, so you end up with why resentment. not be transparent? <laughs> Yeah, you end up with resentment. You end up with a whole lot of um, of guilt because you didn't take it. Also, because there's just an entire commercial conglomerate built around, oh, moms need self-care. So here's all the lotions and all the bubble baths and all the candles. And that's not even realistic self-care to most of us. Yeah, like I, I agree. It's like once a month, I might like to go take like a hot bath with my wine and my bubbles and my candles. But like sometimes it's just like an hour of peace and quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and that's fine. But it's self-care is whatever you need it to be. It's not what they tell you it should be. Correct. And back to the societal pressures and sort of creating these lives that we're supposed to have because that's what you see on TV or read in a book or listen to on a podcast or whatever it might be. Exactly. And we also make sure that we do the same for my partner because it is important to us that the kids see that both of us get that time and that both of us, um, you know, have a say in what's going on and that we don't always fulfill traditional gender roles. Yeah. I mean, I think, and it's also a great way to model for the kids how they can get clear on, well, what is it that they want to do for them yes. versus just always doing other stuff? 
whether it yeah. be schoolwork or home chores or things mom and dad decide. Um, is you think about Yvonne, sort of like people that are inspired listening to this, like, okay, I'm seeing a pathway for doing this in my house or doing this with my family. Maybe they've already experimented, but have had failures to start. What are any sort of tips or tricks around overcoming roadblocks and obstacles that your family's encountered as you've been on this journey? So for us, um, it was pretty much everybody bought in relatively quickly. Um, you know, we did it. We saw that it works really well. My husband ended up seeing that it works really well, mostly because we're a smaller amount of people that you're trying to manage. Like there's not a huge company on on top that you're trying to manage all of the expectations of all the other people. Like there's just the four of us. Yeah. Uh, so it was significantly easier. Uh, but I do notice that a lot of my clients sometimes get pushed back from their partners of not wanting to try it or, you know, things like that. But I say just start with something very simple, like our dinner problem or our key problem were really ultimately simple problems. They were just the most stressful problems at the time. And I think that um, as we're recording this, a lot of people are realizing that there are very significant problems in their home because they are home a lot. Yep. <laughs> and yep. Uh, and that we need to figure out like simple solutions that will get us started towards success. And that if you can show a small success, then you will be able to get people to buy in a little bit more each time. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, um, you know, there's something so special about the you didn't learn about this at work and then bring it home. So it's not like, you know, I'm an agile coach with all of my clients. And now I'm trying to, mom's trying to do her work thing to us here at home um, and kind of going through that. But I think you point to something really specific or not specific, but very important here around don't fix something that's not broken. Like right. uh, having the family alignment on the pain point and they just saying, let's start experimenting on what we can do to make this pain point go away. Um, and ways to introduce it like that, because if everybody aligns around the pain point, the definition of insanity comes into play, right? Why are we doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? So like there's there's a little kind of just like common sense around some of this. And then as you get that alignment, starting to bring in those practices and principles that we, we know from Agile and Scrum yes. to help drive kind of the framework for the experimentation. And I always say, don't ask somebody to download software or do something completely different than what you're already doing because they will not open it and they will yeah. get frustrated that they don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm curious, as we start to wrap up, how the journey that you've had sort of with your family, have, has it changed like your career work at all and what you do like in your job? How is that how have you kind of translated some of the insights and learnings? Um, so even before this, I own my own business where I teach home management. Um, and um, that's was originally called the Dahlia Scene, and now it's Yvonne Marcus Consulting. Because I did transition to just teaching Agile. Like I originally, you know, was like, oh, I can help them with um, time management and project management. And then I just realized that none of those frameworks that I was using previously were really taking anything off my plate. They were just really trying to put things into different pockets. 
Um, and I was still reluctant to give things up. The nice thing about using Agile is, you know, I create my user story that says, you know, I am so-and-so and I need so-and-so to be able to do such and such. Um, Just sort of that thing. conversation alone can be so beautiful with the family, I imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> like, hi, I'm the mom. I do most of the driving. I really need to listen to podcasts so that I can pitch myself. Uh, I would like to do that while I'm driving. Um, and this is, you know, what I need you all to be able to do while I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> is great conversation because then, you know, the kids can say, well, I could watch my tablet in the car for X number of rides a week, or I could listen to my own, you know, Spotify account for X number of times a week. Um, and then you get that time because now you've communicated that you need it. But, you know, and, and it can be something way simpler than that. It could be like, I like to bake and I would like to do that once a week and it helps me relax and it'll make me a happier person and we'll all have a better experience. So can you give me that hour? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What's the next thing sort of on your own learning and development backlog? Like what's the new thing that you're learning about and geeking out on? Uh, so for me right now, I'm still working on getting my Scrum certification. Uh, that is the next big like learning hurdle for me, um, and I'm this close. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Congratulations. So it's going to happen, um, and then that's really uh, it as far as, uh, oh, I'm also learning about ethical hacking because ah. I just thought that would be a fun thing to take on. Very cool. What's sort of been one of your uh, insights there? Uh, well, I didn't know that I was already sort of doing some of these things. Like I was very nosy and I could always find a lot of things on the internet. My friends used to call me anytime they need to locate something uh, or a person, you know, like, oh, there was so-and-so I knew in high school and I can't find them now. Can you help me? This is the information that I have. And then I would just go and find a Facebook profile and I'd be like, yeah, this is them. Reconnect. <laughs> Excellent. Very cool. Very cool. Any final wisdom or uh, guidance you want to share with listeners today? Uh, for me, I think that the biggest thing is just to get started and just to try, even if you just start trying with the daily standup where you communicate like what's going on in your daily life and see how that releases stress and then see if you want to move forward. And if you do, you can call me and I'll help you in any way that you need uh, because I think that you will notice that there is a decrease in stress and there is a happier, cohesive family unit because everyone is being listened to and, and actually heard and participating. Um, so things are being solved in a much faster way. And uh, I think ultimately you'll just be happier in general because you will get more time to yourself as well. Yeah, I love this. And Yvonne, it's such it's such a refreshing sort of departure from so many of our episodes are really centered around, right? We are agile practitioners as professionals in our work life. And so, so refreshing to hear somebody come at it that had a journey totally like opposite of how so many of us have learned, yet the passion just sort of exudes through and the enthusiasm exudes through in the same way. Like it's really opening my eyes to thinking about 
you know, women in Agile from a whole different dimension. So I really appreciate you making the time to share your story. Um, I've got a couple ideas of things I want to do differently at home for me. Um, and uh, some of my girlfriends that I'm like, oh, you're not an agile professional, but like this will help you understand more what I do. Like there's there's a gift in here about us educating others um, in, in a totally new way. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. It was a great time. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. It is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit organization and Accenture Solutions IQ. We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or a coworker about the podcast. You can always go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives and find additional inspiring podcast conversations. Thanks for listening to this Women in Agile podcast episode. Find more inspiring conversations by visiting womeninagile.org slash podcast checking out the podcast series on iTunes, or visiting your podcast application of choice. If you have an idea for a topic, speaker, or feedback on an episode, please reach out to us via email through podcast at womeninagile.org.